0: Previous guests have loved the experiences, especially because you can just show up and know that everything will be taken care of. Unmound Retreats is offering exciting and luxurious retreats in Morocco and Mexico. Go over to UnmoundRetreats.com and sign up to get on the email list so you can find out more. Welcome to the Found Down Podcast. Well, hello, and welcome to the Found Down Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Johnson, and today I am so excited because I have a old friend and colleague on the show, Melissa Furman. You now, she's an acute care nurse with over a decade of nursing experience and in a variety of leadership roles. And today we're gonna chat about how she got into nursing, what med-surg nursing is really like, and maybe some things that are great about it and what's hard about it, and whatever else comes up But before we do any of that. How are you Melissa? <laughs> oh man, that's a heated question, right? <laughs> right? Um
1: honestly, like it's been a real challenging year with COVID and everything and trying to basically switch gears pretty quickly as far as like being a homeschool, like, you know, remote learning, trying to teach our son, our oldest son and trying to Maintain that normalcy for them or for our two kids. And in addition to like trying to stay sane, um, you know, going to work and just kind of like how I, I feel that a lot has been, cha- I've been really challenged this year. Um, you know, I've actually even, you know, I'm not really one to have a lot of anxiety, but, you know, anxiety has really taken a toll on me and my mental health this year. And, you know, I was in denial. I, I was like, No, I'm totally fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. And then I started seeing things kind of like the anxiety, like manifesting my stress, manifesting in my health. And I was like, Whoa, like, this is really affecting me more than I thought that it would. And just trying to acknowledge that has been really hard, just because I really try to be positive. But, you know, I mean, this shit's hard. Like, I, I can't deny it. Like, I just had to kind of surrender to be like, this is what I feel and we're going to go with it. We're going to run with it, you know? So.
0: Wait, so can I ask you, I know this is a very vulnerable show. How, what, how did the an- anxiety manifest for you?
1: You know, so it was interesting. Um, there was one day where I was charge and like, it was a crazy day. Call lights were going off. My phone was blowing up. I was trying to basically out fires while doing my charge nurse duties and whatnot, trying to make it to the 430 meeting, you know how, how, how that yeah. goes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I had felt like I was going to pass out, like this panic feeling of like oh my God, to find someone who I can lean on physically lean on because I felt like I was just going to pass out. And I think that was kind of my first type of anxiety attack at work, which I was very blinded. I was like, no, no, no. I just drank that much, you know, mm-hmm. but like after talking to one of my friends who was also there, she was like, oh my gosh, like you need to, we need to take your blood pressure. We need to figure out how you're doing, Like you know, and And when I went home, my blood pressure was like through the roof. It was definitely like, it was alarming and it was mine. It was, it was an awakening for me to be like, you're not okay. Wow. You're, you're," yeah, it was, you know, and I, and I, I like to think that I'm someone who can kind of manage that type of thing, you know, stress levels, but I definitely was not. And it was coming out. Like, first, couldn't lie, right? Like, I Mm -hmm. couldn't see it right there. My blood pressure was like through the roof, and I was like, whoa, like, something's got to change.
0: Well, let's just put what you do in perspective and how how COVID has changed it, right? So, essentially, you know, you have where you are you have a ton of patients on the floor and you're always in this and i'm sure it's very similar to where i am where you're always in this sense of like are we ruling this patient out or not are they a person of inter- person of you know interest you're always thinking about covid in the back of your mind like
1: mm-hmm.
0: could even though you're running on the you're running on the assumption that everyone's negative until right or you have to assume they're positive until proven otherwise. But whatever, there's this added level right. of stress that, you know, and especially as a charge nurse, you're trying to make sure that your nurses are safe, your patients are safe. Do you think that part of it all played into what how your anxiety was manifesting or just having oh, anxiety?
1: Oh, yeah, I definitely th- – I think that that's something – that is now in the back of all of our minds. I think that, you know, working in acute care, it's easy to forget about some of those details, but having to remember to come back to that to keep everybody safe, to keep our oncology population safe, to keep all of our, you know, colleagues safe. I think it's always one of those things like, wait, hold on, like you're coughing, hold up, you know, like, it's right, just, you're questioning everything, you know, and you know, is I think that everyone's guard is up and everyone is trying to take every single precaution as they possibly can. But, you know, in the normal acute care life, it's really hard to try to stay on top of everything. And you can't, you can't do it all. Like it's, it's hard. It's challenging.
0: Well, let, and let's just spell it out too. So as a, when you're just, uh, when you're just, gosh, God damn it! When you are, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say just just taking care of patients, meaning not not be the charge nurse, but that's a shitty thing to say. When you're, no,
1: no, no. I know what you mean. Yeah,
0: when you're taking care <laughs> yeah. of patients and not in the charge role, like you're, how many people are you taking care of? Four, three, four? four?
1: Yeah, so our ratio is three to four per nurse, and man, that fourth really can really make you or break you. It could really like cause your day to turn around upside down, um, depending on, you know, the acuity of that patient, you know, what's going on with them, you know, I mean, honestly, you kind of hope that there's, you have at least one patient that isn't really requiring a lot because how are, how else are you going to manage everybody else's like care, you know, like it's just, it's a big challenge, you know, but yeah, three to four patients is what we, take care of on a daily basis and and yeah it, that shit's hard sometimes
0: yeah know? for sure they're like coming they're going it's hard to keep up on like all the orders that the doctors are writing not yeah, n- your phone's
1: going off
0: like it's and you're, always you're constantly think, being, thinking about yeah. patient safety in the back of your mind right right and then again and you're like and then and then side note someone starts coughing and you're like oh, oh shoot what's their COVID status like do we know like right. what was the last time they had a surveillance you know like all of that right. like and that and then you also don't so this is another thing that I've experienced like you said everybody's on guard we we have we can't let our guard down at all at work and and you know yeah. we have we're supposed to eat and and take breaks and even when we sit and have meals together like we're still have to be on guard
1: oh yeah yeah and I mean even you know I think that was one of the things that kind of like hit us hit me pretty hard was the fact that I didn't have that anymore you know like I gravitated towards the team support that you know that camaraderie and whatnot and now we there's only like two three people in the lunchroom at a time like you know it's really hard to kind of have that type of community when in the COVID pandemic with, you know, them being like, nope, you're too close, got to space out, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that part that you so highly relied on for that support is no longer there, or you have to seek it in other ways has really been a challenge.
0: When you say seeking it in other ways, what ways do you think you are finding to find connection at work when it's been so challenging?
1: Before, Pre-COVID, I was always out and about. I was always going places, doing things. We had something every weekend, seeing my family or my husband's family and, you know, finding that family connection, you know, and you know, family dinners, whatever. And then after COVID or when COVID hit, we obviously scaled back quite a bit, which was huge. It was a big difference because we both come from big families. So not seeing our family was a huge, like, basically hit to our like mental health. And yeah so we had to figure out a way to de-stress and to find that connection with people. And I found myself personally reaching out to my friends who I haven't talked to like in months, you know, or just even like a simple text out to, you know, my friends, like my village, I like to call them, you know, like the girls that I, or my friends that I like to like, you know just kind of shoot the shit with, you know, just talk about whatever what's been going on, whether it's nursing related, or whatever, you know, on the daily life related, like it was, I think it was something that I kind of re- I reached out more to my friends and the people who I feel ground me and who provide that foundation of support for me. And, um, or even just like FaceTiming. I mean, thank goodness for that. Right. If we didn't have that, like it'd be a whole different world. I feel, you know, I think that we've been, it's definitely been in our favor, favor to be able to have that face to face connection. I feel that is really important to me personally, mm-hmm. but I'm also a very touchy, huggy person too. So not being able to like hug people have been, oh been stuck. So-
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> Like
1: touch is a huge thing and like I like I, I love the embrace of someone. I love being able to provide that for people as well. and when that came to a stop, I'm just like, I just really want to hug you right now <laughs> you know <laughs> but it, that's changed, you know so mm. just you know I've been really I think that I have really done a lot of turning into myself. And trying to be like, okay, what's gonna make me feel a little bit what, a little bit sane with everything that's been going on? And I've just been able to like have about an hour just to zone out. And right now it's been exercise. Like I just have to get that burst of energy out just because that's what's helping me at the moment.
0: Are you doing that? Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead.
0: Are you doing that like, first thing in the morning before your kids are up and you like have some alone time and that's out of the way or how are you how are you putting that into your day as someone who has a ton on their plate
1: yeah you know I I've been valuing sleep a little bit more I used to be someone who did not value sleep very much and I could go four hours no problem and work a 12-hour shift but these days I cannot I think just like with the amount of stress And an amount of physical activity, even at work that I'm, that we're all doing, I think it's definitely not, um, it's not sustainable to be able to just like, you know, run with four hours and then turn around the next day and like, be on your, you know, be on your A game. So I've, I've learned, that's another thing I've learned is to value sleep a little bit more. So the time that I try to zone out and just get a workout in is usually actually like in the afternoon to late evening, like right before dinner. Mm. because then at least I feel like I've gotten some things accomplished through the day. And that's kind of like my reward, I Mm. guess, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: my, my way of basically just zoning out and focusing on me, which is Mm. really something that I never really thought I had to do.
0: Oh, those endorphins are so good for your body.
1: Oh, totally. Just
0: getting a good sweat in. Yes. I mean, it's true. Exercise is really good for your mental health.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, and like, you know, we've had one of those stationary bikes for years and it's been like there and like how many times I've always said like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But like, I can't even like count enough times of how many times, like how much I rely on it now, because that's the one thing that I can't do. If I can't, you know, I can't go and, you know, connect with people on a, you know, at like happy hour or even like a potluck or whatever. Like, you know, I've had to go through, go to different coping strategies on how I can get through this. But, um, but I know I the mean, end is in sight. I mean, I hope, you know, yes. the vaccines and everything like fingers. Yes.
0: <laughs> can we talk a little bit about that hope for a minute? Yeah. Um, have you gotten your first dose yet?
1: I did I did get my first dose about uh, a week ago, and I actually even like worked in the vaccine clinic because I wanted to be a part of that process. I wanted to know, like, you know what like how was it run? like, what are we doing to help all of our you know colleagues? How are we basically trying to get pe- as many people vaccinated? And, you know, it's just really, I always want to be like in, you know, with, I want to be in it. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be submerged in it and to be a part of that process. So it's been really cool. So I've signed up for another shift. So I'm excited to, to kind of, to, to be a part of it. And I know there, I, I feel hopeful when I, when I'm seeing all these fun pictures on Instagram or Facebook of people, you know, like getting their, their vaccines and whatnot, because, In the back of my mind i'm thinking okay like we're one day closer to being able to be a a whole again you know
0: yeah it's happening
1: it it is it is happening and you know we didn't i you know i for a while i was like when is it going to happen you know like i think i think we all kind of felt that like that um that D- despair, <laughs> yeah, the despair, the unpredictability, the uncertainty of like what's going to happen in the next coming months. When are we going to be able to travel again with our friends? When are we mm. going to be able to like go anywhere? <laughs> you know, oh, without yeah. without being on guard. You know, like
0: yeah. But, so man, wouldn't just... you just love to get on a plane? I would love to, but, <laughs> but I can't. I mean, I can't. I can't do it until. I just can't, I can't do it until I feel safe about it. You know what I mean? And right, it takes, right. it takes a lot of people getting vaccinated, but I, I have checked. I checked last week and there were like 7 million people who'd gotten it. Oh wow. So, That's um, awesome. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure the numbers are higher now. So
1: yeah, just yeah. more,
0: you know, and like my, my dad's getting his first dose tomorrow.
1: Oh, good. Oh, yeah. that's so great to hear. Oh,
0: yay. yeah. And my husband's parents just got their shots uh, awesome. yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, it's happening. It's happening. We just yes. need... I would just wish, wish... I said this on the episode that released today, but I wish we could just vaccinate people that weren't believers of the of COVID because then we could start, yeah. we can solve the problem. <laughs> right. Um, right. But so, that's just too easy. <laughs> I know. Damn it. Oh.
1: easy, Easier said than done, right, Nicole? Right.
0: Oh, <laughs> my gosh. You guys out there in podcast land, um, Melissa and I go way back. We go way back. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, the reason I bring it up is because I want to ask Melissa about how she got into nursing, but just a little side note, we... We are both hospital assistants together. We were both trying to get into nursing school.
1: Sure and word. yeah,
0: we spent a lot of shifts together. I always got floated to your floor. Um, <laughs> and so, anyway, I just always I, I gravitated towards your energy because you're fun, funny, you know, smart, Aww. all those things. So, it's
1: so just sweet. been fun. I, well, I always loved seeing you for sure.
0: <laughs> it was fun. It was like, there's my buddy. <laughs>
1: I know, I know. Well, you know, like being on the resource team, it's hard because you don't have a home, you know? And so when you see Mm -hmm. a familiar face on, you know, from the past or from who you used to work with or whatnot, it's always nice to see that, you know? Yeah. But.
0: You guys are always so great. So friendly, so helpful. Yeah. So (sighs) tell me a little bit about why did you decide to become a nurse?
1: Well, you know, it's, You know, I've actually, it's interesting. It kind of, it goes way back. 2002, like I was a volunteer and that year, my, was kind of rocked because my dad was hospitalized with aortic aneurysm. And during that time, I was actually a float, uh, a float certified nursing assistant. Um, Now we call them what PCT, we call them patient care techs, Uh, but You know, I had first become a PCT because I wanted to gain some of that, like, knowledge of the hospital. I didn't really know where I wanted to go. I knew nursing was kind of in the back of my mind, but then I was like, well, we'll see. I was kind of, like, iffy about it, you know, and so I felt like this experience would help me.
0: Can I just clarify one thing? I think the audio cut out for a second. Did you say your dad was admitted to the hospital for an aortic aneurysm?
1: That's correct.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I
1: got a call from my brother and he had told me, Oh, you know, uh, we call my dad, Papa. So he's like, he's like, Papa's in the hospital. Something's wrong with his stomach, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. He's like, I'm picking up right now. So I would go to the hospital, which he was at, um, St. Joe's in Tacoma. And I was like, this is once I walked in, I said, this has nothing to do with his stomach there, you know, he was in the ICU. And I was like, there's so much more. And this is, you know, this is before I was even really set on wanting to be a nurse, you know, Mm -hmm. and that kind of turned my world upside down. Because, you know, my dad has always been a very stoic, person. And he's been very strong, always working to, you know, he was, he immigrated from the Philippines, you know, came to the land of opportunity, working two jobs, like sleep was not anything that, you know, it was a luxury, it wasn't a necessity. And so, you know, but his health declined because of that. And he, uh, he was hospitalized for it. So, you know, it was a lot of me wondering, like, Oh, my gosh, I need to like, hurry up get a degree and get out and help my family and that's mm-hmm. kind of where my mind was and so I applied for nursing didn't get in i was like oh moving on what's next you know and i pursued a uh, a bachelor's degree and basically trying to go towards the health administration route um you know i was thinking okay well maybe i want to do more of like the, the background type of mm-hmm. hospital um hospital stuff and then um And then I, of course, you know, graduated and got a position in the resource management center as a program coordinator. And I, I want to say like maybe four to six months in, I quickly realized I needed to go back to the bedside because I would, you know, I was a PCT while I was going through my -hmm. four year degree. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I, I need to, I need to go back to the bedside. I felt more like fulfilled and satisfied as far as like my own, like personal, like mental, like just every, I just felt so much more,
0: um, to like connected.
1: Yeah. Connected. That's actually, Mm -hmm. that's a great word to say, because that's actually what I longed for and what I really, really enjoyed on the daily when I was a PCT was that connection with the patient and forming those relationships. Yeah, I might not see them the next day because I would have gone to a next or, you know, a different unit in the next four hours or whatnot. But knowing I was able to kind of connect with them, even just for a brief moment, meant a lot to me. Um, But I, you know, and then slowly I took a couple prereqs here and there for nursing and then got in and left my program coordinator job started working as a tech and then which I made my transition as acute care nurse. And I've been there since, let's see, I've been a nurse since 2007. So, or sorry, 2011. I'm getting my years mixed up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? No. What year? Right. Well, I mean, yeah. that's, that's relevant, right? Is it what day yeah. is it? Tuesday, right. Sunday, Monday. Right. Um, <laughs> actually today is Monday, the 11th of January. Okay. So, but anyway, so you've been, you've been there ever since, you've been an acute care yes. nurse ever since. Well, congratulations on listening to your gut and, you know, following your heart and to complete a program and then immediately realize like, oh, this isn't for me. And it takes yeah. Yeah. balls and, um, you know, so, and nursing school is not easy.
1: No, no, it was way, you know, I could only imagine how competitive it is now. But even back then, it was so competitive. Like, you know, I, I found myself trying to really work into the community. Like I was volunteering for like homeless youth shelters and, and different other homeless shelters just to try to really submerge myself into the community and try to figure out like, you know, what I can kind of give back, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and what I wanted to um, do with nursing and why I really wanted to do it, you know, like, I wanted it, you know, I wanted to kind of know the community aspect of it, not only in the hospital, but I feel like floating as a as a tech definitely gave me that holistic, like experience of, of every single department that I you know, Mm -hmm. floated to. It was, it was great. It really gave me a good foundation as far as like what I was looking for and why I became an acute care nurse, you know?
0: What brings you joy? Like, what do you love about what you do?
1: You know, I'd have to say uh, definitely the connections with people and the normal day-to-day hustle and bustle of, of you know having 3 to 4 patients on the daily like it's one of those things that I really really look forward to is getting to know the patient. I like conversing with them, asking just like, "Oh, just how are you?" you know, like I think that we really get into our autopilot mode where we're just doing, you know, basically just trying to do order by order by order, being on the phone and not really being present with the patient and I think mm-hmm. that that's one thing that I really really love. I I think it, it's just kind of like a good reminder that we, that, you know, we are all human and need that human connection Mm -hmm. and yes, they're a patient, but they also have a life outside of the hospital Mm -hmm. that they want to go back to if they can, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but, and I'm also pretty energetic, so I definitely love the hustle and bustle of everything too, you know what I mean? (laughs)
0: Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you're not gonna find me just sitting around for like hours and hours like no. I just I just can't I'm like oh like I need to do something you know yeah. like I just yeah. I'm not one of those people I just kind of have to like expend my energy and so I definitely think a kick your nursing is for me as far as like having to like bounce from every hallway to you know mm-hmm. trying to multitask and whatnot
0: I but yeah sometimes you don't obviously we go to work there's all kinds of stuff going on in our personal lives and sometimes mm-hmm. like <laughs> if i've had a bad day or something like there's just something really great about hands-on patients you know what i mean like just mm-hmm. being able to help or give back or just you know that connection making those connections with patients i mean it's just a it's a beautiful thing i think this is why we're called to do the work that we do
1: yeah, you know, it's, it is interesting, because, like, I, I feel like growing up, I was a little bit more on the quieter side. And, like, nursing has definitely brought a lot of that out of me, It um, as far as like getting to know people. And, and I just think that's just something what I learned about myself that I really need in my life is that human connection. Mm-hmm. And that relationship, whether or not, I know you or not, you know, like right. just to be able to find that common ground of um, like, how, how are you doing? Like, you right. know,
0: <laughs> right. how are you, how are you really,
1: yeah, how, how are you actually doing, you know, <laughs> like, I, you know, just trying to get really transparent with the experience that they're experiencing as far, you know, and trying to basically provide them with the support that they need in order to get through whatever they're going through, you know?
0: Do you have any patients that have stayed with you or stories like
1: the people that you've connected
0: with? There's
1: definitely a lot. One specific situation was when I had a full load and my phone was ringing off the hook. You know, providers trying to get a hold of me. Tasks, you know, orders coming through, whatnot. And you know, I I had one patient who, out of my load of four, who really didn't ask for much. She mm-hmm. didn't. She kind of was someone who j- was kind of like in, in the background while my other three were kind of like taking a lot of my attention. Mm-hmm. And you know, we had just we're talking and she had mentioned something about just like wanting to get her hair washed, something simple as that, you know, but she couldn't get up early and, you know, OT couldn't help because, you know, they were super bombarded with, you know, their list of people that they had to evaluate. And I, you know, even though there was like a list of things in my head that I needed to get done, that kind of was like, Oh, this is her one request. Like I need to, I, I have to be present and do it for her. Like, there's nothing else that she's wanting more than just her hair washed. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of, it was, you know, I had to take part of the headboard out so I can get like a basin under her head and wash her hair, you know? And I basically just put my phone right outside the room and I closed the door. And I just, at that very moment, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make the time because I need to be present with her. Like, and then after maybe just a couple minutes of that, like, Oh, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. She just kind of unleashed like everything that she was feeling about her experience and like the uncertainty of what was going to happen when she left here. Um, her health obviously was declining, hence she couldn't get up and actually go shower. And so just kind of knowing like that someone was there just to listen and just Mm -hmm. to be present was really, really stuck by me. And, um, You know, I think about her all the time and, you know, we have the thing with acute care is like you see the patients, they go, but you don't know how they're doing. You don't know if they passed away that you don't, you know, like, but I mean, she, she went home on hospice and, and then we didn't hear anything about her, but knowing that I was able to give, like to be with her in that moment really stayed with me. And just kind of like a reminder to me that like, just, you know, we get to, you know, nurses, we get to, we get to go home at the end of the day, but, you know, patients on the other hand, they don't know if they'll be given tomorrow. So just to kind of like,
0: I'm totally ball.
1: (laughs) But, you know, just to kind of be present with them, because, you know, like, it's so easy to forget about those simple things that 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 bring people that joy or that, like, dignity, relief. yeah, the dignity for sure. And I think in the hospital, it's really easy to lose that. And it's just one of those things that, you know, I have to remind myself, like, take, like, slow it down.
0: Just slow it down. <laughs> I remember when I was, I don't know, I was like a new nurse, I think, and I had a million things to do, and I was just running around. It was so, yeah. so, I don't know. I was just like working, working in a double time, just working super fast.
1: Right, and right. And
0: my patient at one point was like, Whoa. You know, can you just like, like, this is stressing me out. Can you like, (laughs) it was just a a really nice reminder though, you know, like of, um, just to be more present and to like, obviously we're always working with people. We're always working with patients, like, and, and I've talked about this before, like you don't bring whatever you have going on with you, with your other patients into the no patient's room like you have to really act like and I'd say truly behave like this person is getting your undivided attention right now you know and exactly you're able to meet them where they are and give them what they need and um, especially because they can't do it themselves yeah I know
1: it's definitely been It can be super challenging though. Like I remember also another time where I was dealing with like uh, um, basically helping someone transition to comfort care in one room while, you know, like trying to discharge another one in another room (laughs) and then trying to get someone ready for the PACU in another and then another patient like vomiting and one, you know, like it's just... And then having to basically shut the door and be like, hi, I'm here for you. What can I do for you? Even though everything else that's happening is out there. Like, I think it's, and I think that it's, you know, you just kind of have to kind of put up a game thing. Ba- you know, I, yeah, I, I, guess, I like, guess that's one com- way to kind of put it.
0: Yeah. Compar- I feel like compartmentalize is yes a lot of what we do too. It's like, okay, well, I'll deal with this thing in in a minute. And yep, yeah, obviously yep. you rank things in priority. and right. um, But like that's just crazy to think about. This is why I think floor can be probably so crazy is because like you've got like <laughs> someone's dying and you're trying to right. provide them dignity and respect with that. Then you're trying to get right. someone off to their surgery. Then you're trying to get someone home, and then you're trying to deal with someone who's actually like throwing up in the moment, who has like a yeah. need, need. So, right, right. <laughs> it's like an interview question. Who do you, who do you deal with first? And oh gosh, and, and tell me how you solve this problem because you yeah, know yeah. you obviously have to do a ton of prioritization and delegation and all that stuff. But
1: yeah, man, I, it, it's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> juggling act.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. What, what do you tell new nurses who are working on med surge?
1: Oh gosh. I mean, what they feel when they're a brand new nurse is real. Like, you know, the the anxiety inducing like, Oh gosh, what's my next day going to look like? Like that's all real and it's okay to feel like that. Um, I, I try to put myself in their shoes and to be like, gosh, what did I need when I was a new nurse and how can I basically nurture them so they can stay in the acute care setting? Like that's what I, you know, really fear is like losing these newer nurses to, to, you know, like these times where things get hard, they they get hard and you know, and people burn out and, you know, they're not taking, you know, it's hard to take care of yourself. Like, and I would say to speak up and to find and to find your village and to find what keeps you grounded and what makes you happy. And, you know, reflect back to why you wanted to become a nurse in the first place and not lose that side of that passion that you once had, because burnout is a real thing. And, You know, for the newer nurses, it can be super quick to come right behind them and bite them in the ass. Like, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what uh, you know, you don't really learn how to be a nursing nursing school. We know that. No. You don't. Oh yeah. So and for some people this is their first job, you know? And so Mm
1: -hmm. I mean And you know, yeah, it's and and some of the new nurses are like Oh my gosh, I had no idea that this is what nursing was like. You know, I, you, when we're precepting, you hear some of those things and you're like, gosh, like, what did I think nursing was like when I came into, the, you know, yeah. and just trying to figure out, you know, like, I just, I, I really, really want to be just there for them and be present for the new nurses because I don't want them. To, I want. I don't want them to leave the bedside. We need nurses at the bedside to provide this like acute care nursing, and
0: Absolutely. it's just.
1: I think it's you know like sadly a lot of nurses do burn out and they leave within like one or two years at the bedside, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's just like the beginning of something that. You know, I just want them to hang in there. You know.
0: Yeah. I mean, there is a stat. I can't, I'm not probably going to get it right, but it was that, yeah, I mean, it's brand new nurses. Nurses after one year are the ones that are most likely going to leave the profession. And, mm-hmm. you know, right now, I don't know if you've been seeing this, some of this in social media, but different platforms are saying like one in five nurses right now are is going to leave the profession after the pandemic. You know, so like... Yeah. I think we're we're about to be staring down like our own healthcare crisis related to oh, yeah. a nursing shortage, right? So I don't know. I want people to stay in the profession. Obviously, everybody's got to do what's right for them, but I think right, part of the right. reason, part of the reason people leave is because they're not connected, right? You know, they yeah. don't have good management. They don't have good leadership. Like they. They're not yeah, they don't know their peers and um mm-hmm. they feel unsupported. So whatever we can do to help people feel connected and supported and um given professional I mean, this is kind of hard to do and during this time of pandemic, but it's like give them professional opportunities to grow and you know, for advancement and for that, that mm-hmm. personal growth gives you empowerment. Anyway, I'm got on some sort of <laughs> soapbox <laughs> but the truth is you're right Melissa you're right like we don't want to see these people leave um no not after you work no. so hard
1: exactly like I mean like nursing school is hard and like you know there there's obviously a reason why you know these new nurses why we all choose nursing right like there yeah. is something in us that want to be there for the patients and whatnot and I think that you know, and also acknowledging you need self care. Like you know, I I um I don't know if you're familiar with, but he's a chaplain. Um, he had like a mini presentation as far with regarding uh, burnout and renewal. Mm-hmm. And one thing that kind of stuck with me was, you know, he talked about. Self care, as sometimes can be viewed as like another task on your plate, like another mm. thing that you have to get done among all the activities that you have to get done. And one way that he put it was, well, what renews you? What brings you that self renewal that you can kind of continue to do this? And then I, and I think that that was something important because I did feel like self care was like a, just another task that I needed to get done and mm-hmm. I couldn't get to it because it was all the way over there versus what I needed to get done now. And I think that that was something important to acknowledge that renewal is is key. And as far as like getting through the day to day stressors of nursing, just finding that for yourself, whatever it may be, like however you can renew yourself in order to, you know, to get through. And to to keep on going and just to never give up. Don't give
0: up on nursing. (laughs) Yeah. You heard that listeners out there. Yeah. Find that, find those, whatever it is, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes today to make sure that you're going to renew yourself. Refill your cup. What's that they always say is you have to put the oxygen on yourself before you can put it on anybody else, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Totally, I learned a lot about that this year with COVID and all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, because truthfully, it has like real, I mean, real de- detriments, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I experienced a lot of insomnia and anxiety, and you know, I got, I think, you know, felt kind of suicidal in the summer for a minute, but it was, yeah. you know, got. <laughs> Got through that, but like, I mean, it's real. This is real. What we're and yeah. it's because we're going through a time in our lives that we've never been through before. Yeah, so you, you gotta I, dig into I mean,
1: definitely. And I and I I'm actually pretty guilty for bringing work home. Um, I think that's probably one of the hardest things that I've been challenged with is leaving it at home, and not being able to turn it off. Like my mind is instantly like going like is that patient going to be okay? Did I do everything that I could do for that patient? What did I forget? Oh my gosh, did I, you know, like did I chart that? You know, like it never I can never ever turn it off. And I think that's one thing that I really need to work on. And I definitely think it's a skill. Um I it, it's hard for me to just basically turn it off and I and that's something that I constantly struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, I also kind of have to learn to surrender to the fact that that patient is in somebody else's care now. And I did what I could and I have to walk away.
0: Yeah. Um, So a 24 hour job.
1: Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. I keep telling myself that.
0: (laughs) It's hard. I mean, I get it. You know, I think a lot of us in healthcare are perfectionists and, you know, you just, you don't want to forget stuff. You want to want to feel like you did the best job you could and right. you know and you if you create connections with your patients you're wondering, well god, will they be here tomorrow? Like will right. they make it? But right. I don't know. I don't think I have the best advice on how to leave work at work. I know.
1: I know. It, it's it's something that, you know, I'm it's a constant learning process for me, I feel, like to be able to do that. But you know, I think that it's getting a little bit better, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that it's just, you know, really acknowledging like it was a hard day, but I have to walk away. You know, you just have to.
0: Are Do you feel like, okay, this is a loaded question, I think. Do you feel like you have more hard days than you used to? Yes. Related to the pandemic.
1: I do. I do. I I think that it's harder, but I also do feel that year after year, I feel like patients are getting sicker and sicker. Um, You know, I think that with the pandemic and a lot of surgeries being held off and whatnot, I think that patients are definitely coming back sicker and requiring more care and um just needing just needing more um mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a challenge it, it's it's been hard um and I think also something has to be said with the mental capacity of what you personally are going through right like even though you <laughs> try not to bring it
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: yeah you tr- you try not to bring it to work, but it's still there, like you know you still feel that you know extra. all the different things that you're going through too, you know,
0: yeah, it's that extra burden it's um, yeah, that I hope at some point we can we'll be able to get rid of, uh, yeah, but let's just go back to fucking nursing, man, just go <laughs> back <laughs> just go back to nursing without yes, all the craziness yes. of the pandemic <laughs> oh right, right. man just do I our can't jobs wait,
1: Nicole I just can't <laughs> wait
0: <laughs> oh my god I know oh man so what's next for you you think like are you Do you, well I mean it's up to you you want to answer it but I was thinking mm-hmm. for your nursing trajectory like do you have a plan or are you or are you thinking you're just gonna hang out and do this for a while.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, the pandemic plays a huge role into what did takes what dictates my life right now because, yeah. obviously, I have kids that are in school and I I need that like three days a week, you know, three twelve hour shifts in a week type of schedule. I definitely was never. I don't like. I I don't think I'm gonna go. You know, I'm not gonna go back to school or anything. Like I. I am I'm content with where I am right now
0: mm-hmm.
1: um I mean if there's opportunities that arise of course you know I'll yeah. possibly like want to dabble and see what that's like mm-hmm. um but you know has always been one of has always had a like a special place in my heart and you know I started there and I gravitated towards it because of the great management and the, and the support that I felt like I got. And it'll always be special to me Um, Mm -hmm. where this road will take me. I have no idea, but I'm in it for the ride. So I'm, I'm excited and I'm looking forward to, to the next step whenever that will be. Hmm.
0: Well, it's exciting that you also be getting dose number two in two weeks um, yes. and yeah. Yep. Can't wait. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I got, I did get my dose number two. Um, so. Oh good. Um, How'd you feel? I, wow. This one was a little, little bit, had a bigger effect on me. Um, so I had a couple hours. So this is funny. So I got my vaccine a couple hours before the coup, the coup on the United States. It's government. <laughs> so I was feeling all kinds of feelings that day. <laughs> like I had chill. <laughs> I-, <laughs> oh my God. I had chill. <laughs> Sorry, I had. Ch- <laughs> Oh God! I had chills, and um, I thought maybe the chills though were like was like a reaction to the horror and the fear of what was happening. I don't know. Anyway, but I had (laughs) maybe both, uh, maybe both. I did have chills, and um, I had a low grade fever and malaise for sure, and some nausea. But all of it was gone within 24 hours, and I did take two Tylenol like one 500 tab and one 500 tab in the morning. But yeah, so I would just, whoever, whenever you get it, and anybody out there, whenever you get your second dose, just plan to have the morning off or the day off the second day or the day after you get your vaccine because your body's making those, you know, immune cells work overtime. So yeah. 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 All
1: right. Let's get it out there. (laughs)
0: Let's get it. Well, (laughs) Melissa, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. You're such a pleasure to talk to. And, you know, like we said, you go way back. Any thoughts that you want to last minute thoughts you want to get off your chest or say? Well, I just
1: want to thank you for having me and uh, putting me on this platform. And it's just been amazing to talk to you. As far as last thoughts, Stay in nursing. Keep on going.
0: <laughs> there you go. You said don't give up. Oh, you also said don't give up.
1: Don't give up. Don't give up. You know, shit's going to get real. Shit's going to get hard. But, you know, just stay with it. Just keep on going. There's people that care out there. There's resources out there that you can, you know, you can find help. But, you know, just hang in there. We we hear you. We see you. And we are here for you. So So just stay with it.
0: And don't forget that self-care. Otherwise, yes. it'll sneak up on you and it'll tell you <laughs> you have to do it. Otherwise, it'll <laughs> wreak havoc on your body. So, yeah, yes. be be good to yourself. Anything else?
1: Be kind to each other. Oh. <laughs> Just be kind to each other. I can't wait to give everybody hugs and love. and.
0: <laughs> I know. Ugh. Oh. Be so. It'll be so good. I know. I know. Well. But
1: thank you so much, Nicole. It's been fun.
0: Yeah. It's really fun. So fun to talk to you. And thanks for opening up about all kinds of things. Thank you for being such a badass at work and at home, right? I mean, (laughs) nobody had any idea their kids would have to be homeschooled, essentially. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, holy cow. So, I mean, you are doing all kinds of things and working full-time and just being full-time parents. So damn (laughs) well you're amazing (laughs) you you are so um to everybody out there stay safe and stay sane and we'll see you on the next one